Welcome to Season 7 of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. On this season, our guest host is Ryan Alba from Arizona. Join us as he interviews millennial clergy who are doing interesting things in ministry. Longtime listeners may also appreciate him bringing back a game we used to play called How Millennial Are You? And while he clearly enjoys his time having some fun addressing millennial stereotypes, the guests he interviews and the stories they tell are worth listening to. So without further ado, here is Season 7 of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Millennial Pastor Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and culture. I am your guest host, Ryan, and today uh, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, my friend Jeff. Uh, Jeff, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us who you are, uh, what you do, and uh, we'll get going from there. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, My name is Jeff uh, Rodiger. I am the lead pastor at Chino Valley Church of the Nazarene, and uh, founder of my wife still likes me where we uh, interact with um marriage and lifestyle coaching and helping guys be better at marriage is that just a podcast or is it more than that has it gone gone to more it is it is more than a podcast at the moment uh it started as a podcast with a friend of mine uh and then turned into like people actually wanting to come and talk about life and how they can be better at marriage like on a a face-to-face zoom style basis not just me talking to a camera for you know 20 minutes awesome that's awesome i didn't even know that um how long have you been uh in ministry uh 20 years uh 10 of it vocationally but i've been in some form of volunteer staff since high school wow right (laughs) yeah um yeah we're about we're about the same age, if I remember correctly. Um, thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah next a uh, well, week from today, I'll be thirty-eight. Um, it's funny because all these episodes are coming out at the end of the year, and we're talking about this is May, just so you guys know. Um, yeah, so a week from today is my birthday, and then um, three days after that is my twenty the twenty year anniversary of the day I graduated high school, which is making me feel old. Yeah, I I had a I had a graduation party for a kid this week, and he's got class of twenty twenty two, and I'm like, man, that's a long time ago. <laughs> you know, want to feel really old? I think my kids are like class of like twenty thirty three and twenty thirty five. Yeah, mine are probably a little bit after that even. Uh, yeah, man. Let's. Uh, I say we just go back to the late nineties or early two thousand. Yeah. Bring back the frosted tips. Um, I did that one time. Baggy jeans. <laughs> uh, uh, let's sing some backstreets back. All right. Anyway, uh, we'll get going on to <laughs> our little game we like to we like to play called How Millennial Are You? We just kind of have some fun with stereotypes to to just recognize the fact that not every not every millennial is created the same. So uh, with that saying, so you're 38. Um, you are an older, 
I'd say we are we are elder statesmen millennials. Um, sure. I've seen I've seen definition of millennial start from anywhere from eighty three to eighty seven. Kind of depends on who's defining it. Yeah. Um, so I consider myself a millennial. Um, Me but, too. Uh, we'll. Uh, so I'm going to ask you some questions about some some stereotypes, and I want to hear your answer. Answer, and we'll de- we'll decide how millennial you are. All right. So the first one is: Do you have a job? Yes. <laughs> uh, I just quit my normal job. Like I was an Uber driver to pay for bills while I did ministry. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> I chose this one on purpose because I love that yes. how you were an Uber driver for a number of years i've been an uber driver for six years and uh hopefully there's not a lot of business where i live now so uh probably not going to be an uber driver for a while well uh i mean honestly i'm a little jealous because you have a pretty good setup where your your wife makes some decent coin and you're you're making some money on the side and how much (laughs) Here's another idea. Like, how much do you get paid? How, how much have you gotten paid for ministry within the last 20 years? Is it in the last 20 years? Yeah. Um, not a lot. I think total <laughs> maybe 30 grand in 20 years. <laughs> Man, that's like five cents an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well so so you're you're living that you're you're well you were doing the gig economy and then yes. um you've you've had some other quote-unquote real jobs before oh, that yeah i've had a desk job and and stuff i was account manager for swift transportation and i worked for a presentation services tech company for a while uh, all were always just to to support ministry so i could is it dr bain says to support the habit uh, of yeah. ministry yeah <laughs> uh what about um i don't know um sorry I, I was just an email popped up on my screen and i took the five seconds to read the first two lines and <laughs> it distracted me all right uh do you or your wife sell essential oils no i use them in- yes you're you are you are into the into the essential oils okay yeah right. i don't how, sell them though how 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 many oils do you guys own um i don't know how many we own but i know there's four that we use on a pretty consistent basis and i say use we put them in humidifiers like before bed so there's like anti-anxiety and deep breath and like stuff to help the kids and us sleep and i just think they smell good um, but we put them in humidifiers every night before we go to bed. <laughs> nice. All right, we got one out of two, I think. All right. Um, I don't. I don't remember where you fall on coffee. You were in the Navy, so yeah. I believe coffee is probably something you you you've consumed before. It um, is something I've consumed before. I am actually. Uh, I tell people the joke is I don't drink coffee. I drink Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I prefer black tea. Uh, to be honest, I'm a tea drinker. I was going to ask you about pumpkin spice lattes, but I feel like no tea is kind of in the same category. Yeah, I will accept that. But I don't <laughs> like I don't I don't like pumpkin pie. But that's about it. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago. There's a lady I knew that 
she got like pumpkin spice. Like I get in the fall, you know, everything is all of a sudden pumpkin spice. Yeah. Her whole cart was just full of like <laughs> pumpkin spice, everything. I was like, I didn't know you could have pumpkin spice spaghetti sauce. I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. Well, that sounds gross. <laughs> All right. Um, are you a snow snowflake desperately searching uh, for a safe space? No. <laughs> I know where my safe space is. <laughs> I don't have to look for it. <laughs> You don't have to. You don't have to find it. You just have to look. You just go to it. Yeah, it's uh, motorcycles. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that term always makes you crack up. The snowflakes yeah, every time. <laughs> All right. Um, have you ever used hashtag blessed on social media? Probably once, not on a consistent basis. <laughs> Yeah, my I've I've used it before, but generally not in a. Yeah, probably it, not. Mine's always ironic. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I think my overused one is I put I put hashtag facts on everything that I think is like super <laughs> controversial. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, a uh, couple more. Do you drink LaCroix or a sparkling water equivalent? No. <laughs> yeah. Tried them. I tried, like, I had a watermelon one that was okay one time. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. I don't know. I've never been one. I, uh, yeah, it's, I, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself on these, but as I told uh, Curtis, one of our other guests, I said, you know, either be water or be soda. Don't don't go right. in between. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'd put tea in there. Be soda, water, or tea in the rest. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, are you aware that you don't have to rent a place to live, but that you can actually buy houses as well? Yeah, I'm. I'm in that. Well, I say that I'm renting now, and I'm selling my house. <laughs> but I bought one before. <laughs> The stereotype being that millennials don't buy houses, uh, which we own our house, and you said you're selling the house. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't buy a house now. No, that's why I'm <laughs> renting one. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because like with the the market going up recently, like I'm just like I keep we get these emails saying like your house is worth this much now from Zillow, whatever that means. Yeah, and I'm like, oh man, like it'd be nice to cash out, but then we would be homeless. Yeah, <laughs> and have to spend all that money just to get the same house somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let me see if there's any other ones that I thought I'd I'd ask you. Uh, oh, here's the here's the last one. We're gonna go with the the classic. What do you spend more money on per month, retirement or Starbucks? Um, probably retirement. Retirement. Good job. Yeah, but it's it's like automatic. Like we don't ever see it. Like it's gone before we get paid. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Starbucks tea is good. Like out of all the teas <laughs> that are that are like available, like Starbucks is really good. So What's I'll your go to? Is it like a chai or? 
No, it's just straight uh, uh, a black uh, sweet tea. A black sweet tea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I never got, I've never been into tea. I lived in London for a while. And if I was going to wow. get into tea, that was the place I was going to get into tea. And I never did. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I've just never been a big tea drinker. Anyway, uh, we ask these questions because uh, we like to play poke fun at stereotypes. Oh, yeah. I love and, the show. I giggle in my car when I listen to these people. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I say that you and I probably, um, like I said, we, we're, we're elder um, millennials. And sure. uh, it's almost like the I like Starbucks and and I I think of myself as a millennial, but I'm also that guy that like don't wash my teacup because I use it every day and it's only for tea. So I like uh, sit it on the back of the sink. <laughs> and that's definitely like a my dad and my father in law do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I uh, um I identify sometimes with the the Geico, the homeowners becoming their parents commercials, because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> that's pretty funny um but yeah it's it's funny because like um i i I still run into people every once in a while who like just assume that millennials are all young people and it's like no millennials have jobs millennials um are almost 40 (laughs) you know um millennials are um yeah um hopefully contributing to society Okay, with that, um, let's, we'll go ahead and get into uh, uh, kind of just some more information about who you are and what you do for ministry. So let's start off with like, you say you've been doing ministry for 20 years. Let's take us through that. What, what does that look like for you? Um, it looks like everything. So right out of high school, um, I attempted uh, Nazarene Bible College one time, and uh, it was not fun. I didn't really... Uh, college wasn't for me so I joined the Navy you attempted it (laughs) yeah not attended you attempted 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 I attempted college one time um uh so I ended up going into the Navy shortly after I think I went one semester uh on campus and it was awful but uh all through so from we like to um we we do endorse our Nazarene institutions here on the show but just (laughs) Jeff's experience oh, yeah. don't doesn't necessarily reflect the thoughts and ideas of oh, the no. Master Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm just I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Uh so since high school, I have always had some form. Like in high school, I led worship. Um and then when I moved to Virginia while I was in the Navy, uh, I went to my local churches that didn't have youth pastors, who didn't have worship leaders, and I led worship and did youth when I was home from deployment and even while I was on deployment my ship had uh, a chapel that I would help out in and, and there's not a lot to do because we just do a service or and just help out with guys but then right out of the navy uh in 2006 uh I was officially an intern of student ministries for several years um and like had a role and I got like a gas card so I could get you know gas to and from my apartment to the church I'm just laughing because like you said you were an intern for several years. It's basically, we're not going to pay you. <laughs> yeah. And well, I, I'm not an intern anymore, but I sometimes still don't get paid. <laughs> um, 
But the word and intern then, justifies not paying you. Yes, <laughs> it makes it official. We're officially not going to pay you. <laughs> um, and uh, I've always had normal jobs, like even back then. I think back then I drove a van for a special needs school, like for kids that couldn't go to public school because their behavior wasn't good. That's what I did for my daytime job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, worked at a couple of churches in youth ministry. Um, had a, a falling out, if you will, with, um, I was very income dependent on one of the churches that did pay me and, uh, just things weren't working out. There was not a lot of, uh, health at the time. Uh, they were going through some, some transitions and the leadership now is amazing. They're great friends of mine, but the leadership then was questionable, uh, without throwing names under the bus. Uh, so I left the church, um, for two, almost two years left vocational ministry altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, and came home uh, back to Arizona with my wife, um, went to school. Uh, I'd always still like played drums or helped out every so often. And then um, Glendale uh, Nazarene Church was looking for some millennials, if you will, uh, to do <laughs> their digital media. And uh, so I started doing like tech stuff and digital media, like on purpose, like branding and and walking through social media back before uh, anybody thought MySpace was going to (laughs) disappear. It's been a minute. So I think that was my first not internship where like I actually had a job title was uh, digital media arts is what it was. And I did that for five years at Glendale. And then I went to Phoenix first. Uh, and as soon as Phoenix first, as soon as I started at Phoenix first, the pastor resigned, which was just a funny story. He and I joke about it all the time. Uh, I went four days from the day I started. Like I was hired several months before this, but four days into my actual official start at the church, the pastor resigned. Um, I'll be telling you something. I'm scared. Right. Uh, and before that, I had been talking with. Um, Cody, um, Pastor Cody Abrahamson, Abrahamson, I don't know how to say his name, like his best friend, and I still don't know how to say his last name. Anyway, he and I had already been talking about planting a church in my backyard because I had been super frustrated personally about the fact that I drive past like 90 churches to get to the one I, I choose to work at. Yeah. And so um, I had started down that process and we planted that church, I think two years ago, almost two years ago. I don't remember. I don't even know. Um, and then it was uh, um it was during the the bad time. Yeah, during <laughs> during the time you're you're not supposed to have church because you can't touch people and talk to people. Uh, <laughs> we planted a church, um, and then just recently I went to the Global Leadership Summit online because of the bad time. And I just felt this sense to to see if it was my time to step up and be the guy in charge or be the guy responsible for the church. And uh, one meeting led to another meeting led to an interview to I'm sitting in northern Arizona uh, going through my own pastoral transition. Uh, I said goodbye and prayed for the former pastor who has been hanging out helping me transition because she is retiring. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. She's been around to help. And uh, yeah, I've been up here almost two months now. Nice. Uh, on the weekends, I drive up here on Friday, Saturday, and I do church, and then I go back home and back. So that's twenty years. I mean, we can yeah. we can dissect individual oh, parts yeah. of that. But um, uh, yeah, no, I'm interested in hearing. Um, so are you? 
have you been appointed? I can't remember the, the status. Yes, I was appointed. Uh, so we're a very little church. Um, I Between 13 and 20 people show up on a Sunday. Okay. Um, but it's been super awesome. All ages? Uh, uh, mostly grandparents is, <laughs> is a, a nice way of, of talking. They are wonderful people. They have been fantastic. I am probably the youngest person in the room by 20 years, uh, which is fine. It's been great. Um, uh, I've been through some training and stuff uh, for focusing on a younger generation and mm. trying to help churches turn around. And so, so far it's worked. In my two months, I've had four or five young families come to the church and, and talk to me and talk to us about uh, essentially doing uh, almost a restart, not a hard restart where we close the doors, but a soft restart, like let's rebrand Let's identify mm-hmm. who we are and where we're going. And ultimately, let's tell people about Jesus and, and share yeah. the gospel. <laughs> so I, I, I need to brush up on my, my manual, but like, um, would it be, is it considered a church in crisis though? Or like, what's the status then? Or It is just a normal incorporated church. Okay. Um, their last pastor was retiring and they aren't big enough. So I think it's 35 consistent active members and they can go through a traditional pastoral search Uh but there there wasn't a lot of finances and opportunity involved and uh yeah so they can be appointed the the district advisory board in arizona can step in and be like hey this is going to be your pastor now we still did an interview and did everything like a, a, a nazarene church normally would yeah um so it wasn't like you're not a fit for this church so we're going to send you anyway it was very much a collective effort to make sure this was a right fit but i was appointed okay um and are you getting salary i'm getting housing uh which is fantastic um yeah so i don't have to pay my rent if you will (laughs) Um, okay that's which is fantastic this is like the first time ever i'm super excited (laughs) yeah that is that is awesome uh i'm i am in a parsonage and i am I haven't experienced this yet, but it is 60 steps from my front door to the church, which is great for commute, but not great that everybody can just walk up yeah. to my house anytime they want to. But I'm very social. Like my living room has always been open to people. So I don't yeah. anticipate that changing, but it's it's different when I can see the church out my front window. Yeah. Yeah, I've never lived in a parsonage per se, but Megan and I, at one point, we did live in a house the church owned. And yeah, people feel like they can just stop by. It's like, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> but sure, come on in. <laughs> I have, that's been my favorite part so far is going to visit people. Like, I went and first, first thing I ever did was go visit a family that I had met one person in this family. Mm-hmm. And there's like seven of them. And it's just like going to sit down and talk to people and essentially going to their house. I mean, we were invited, but it was just going to talk to people. And be like, Yeah. Hey, I'm your new pastor. You should come to church. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned that it's basically you're kind of restarting, like you said, the soft, more of a soft rather than a hard restart. Um, what? uh what issues do you see yourself um tackling with that and 
have you thought through already like what you're going to do or at least what you're going to try to do or well, I don't know sure. what, what's the idea what, um, what is what does success look like for you do you think I don't know I, I'd love to hear your plan maybe um success looks like uh people that know Jesus and people that follow Jesus consistently now I, I can't put a number on that but I've been personally convicted of this idea of um the church is it's a it's a 10 year old plant so it's a younger church in 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 this church's in denominational history but they've had years of no shared vision no shared direction and from what i can gather um uh, there's a lot of grace that needs to be extended to a lot of families and a lot of people just need to know jesus loves them Hmm. so my plan so far has been um there's zero digital presence uh they have a website that is it's it's there we'll go for that um things that just come naturally to me it exists it does exist uh i'm a tech guy so those kind of things like um i'm having my second board meeting ever in in the history of my being a leader in the church and the whole board meeting is just who are we where do we want to go and then how do we get there and just thinking through like things you don't ever like i never thought about or like does your budget and the money you do have reflect the mission of your church? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times you can find your sacred cows, if you will, by figuring out where the money goes. Yeah. Um, I, my long-term plan is to go all, all in on family ministry, but thinking things like I can't be the pastor to every person that walks in the front door of my church mm-hmm. and nor can my staff. But what we can do is, and I, I laughed about this with a couple of couple of friends that are coming up to work with me. I have a wonderful group of grandparents. A lot of them in those conversations that I've had don't know how to talk to their millennial grandkids or mm. their even younger grandkids. So it's like, how can we teach families to disciple themselves together? Yeah. Uh, so I don't have like this hard, solid, like I'm going to cut here. We're going to do this. It's, mm-hmm. um, how do we go slow and like i've made a couple of changes like my style of worship is drastically different and but trying to educate and talk about attitude of worship and mm. i mean we can get all kinds of things like we can have worship in the living room or your living room like we choose to gather here in this collective place let's go somewhere together yeah well as somebody who literally does gather in a living room which I uh, is great <laughs> I can tell you it's, it can be fun. It can also be frustrating as well. Um, sure. Yeah. I just, I had a thought this week. Um, we're in the season of reporting. I don't know if you had to do any because you weren't technically around last year. Yeah. I had to account for 30 days of this church here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just thinking to myself, like we say things like, our goal is we want people to know Jesus. Our goal is we want people to be discipled. Uh, we want people to grow in their faith. Yada, yada, yada. Great. Awesome. Um, but the one metric that we tend to rely on is how many people show up on a Sunday morning on whether or not we're succeeding at that. And I just was thinking to myself, like, is it time that we start thinking through is is there a different way we can measure that like we have a couple of of 
single moms in our church that if they come to church once a month, like they're, they're doing a good job because they're working, they're wrestling, they're sharing custody with their kids. And, and but I have conversations with them throughout the month and I pray for them and I engage with them. Are they not valuable because they don't, we don't count them on Sunday? Like, you know, like, I, I, yeah. and I think that's, that's a, that's a very old school way of looking at things. Like we judge churches by butts and seats on Sundays. And that's yeah. just, there's so much more, like I've been telling people, they've been trying to dream big. Like we're little church with, you know, no money, but let's dream, like, let's be ridiculous. And like, yeah. we need this room for two hours on a Sunday what are we going to do with the other 610 hours or what can we do with our other 610 hours? Like, is it yeah. having your way? We have a conversations with people at like the senior center, or I went to the crisis pregnancy center in town just to talk to people like, Hey, what do you need? Can I, can I pray for you? Like mm-hmm. no requirements, no anything. How do, and I don't know a solid answer of how do we track that stuff i mean i personally keep track of that stuff like you know talking to people so i can follow up with them because i mean we meet so many people during the week i can't remember everybody's stories i keep notes (laughs) yeah 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 i I just i mean i think a lot of ways it's just we as the church have kind of become so defined by you know an hour or two one day a week oh yeah i think it was a was it rob bell before he went off the deep end as some people would describe it uh (laughs) way back in the day um uh said something about pastors have become stuck on uh everything's being about the size of your steeple is my steeple bigger than yours like in church and i was like it's totally play on words but i think we get stuck in that that yeah there's no longer how do we do this as a community together not my church does this thing you guys can go do your own thing you guys can mm-hmm. go do your own thing we're all on the same team and like yeah it doesn't matter how many people are in the seats our lives being changed for jesus yeah right like out of there are some ladies like they're never going to step foot in a church that i've met and had conversations with because they my i don't know about my current church i'm still learning but some of the churches i've been at they'd never let them walk in the door because of their past and their history like they got to fit in the box Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm super excited that Brit's doing, I think the current episode is talking about stuff. She did a, a one day thing with us like a decade ago. Um, it was like talking about, <laughs> yeah, I know it was, but it was a long time ago. Um, about uh, 2020 Center was Center. like 13 years, so I agree. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she did the thing about centered set versus box set, and that's yeah. one of the things that I've been preaching on. Like, you don't have to figure it out before you get here. And I know we talk about this all the time, but like, if you love Jesus and you're working towards Jesus, yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, like, yes, we have these organizations and these institutes, but are, are they necessary? And does it really matter how big they are? If people are truly being introduced to Christ, then maybe, but mm-hmm. if they're not, what are we doing with the rest of the week? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even then, it's like, um, for instance, I'm doing, um, right now, our church is doing a thing where we're running um, prayer ads on Facebook, where we're basically just saying, hey, we, we'd love to pray for you. Um, That's so cool. And uh, I've gotten, man, I've gotten tons of responses, and, and I, I, I send back, I, I do a little voice memo, and I, and I, do, I, I pray for them, I, I send a prayer, so like, I mean, every single one, 
and you know like there's a lady i mean there's been a couple people where people uh, we kind of were joking about the whole like housing situation but like honestly homelessness is becoming a huge issue in our area um i've prayed for so many people who are like they've raised my rent. I, I don't know where I'm going to live at the end of the month, or, you know, I just got kicked out of my house or, um, I've, that's probably one of the most common prayer requests I've gotten recently. But like, you know, the other day, like I went and I met a lady and, um, I gave her a gas card and, and a gift card for, for fries for a, a grocery store. And, and then I filled up her tank and I'm like, odds are she's never going to show up on a Sunday. But does that mean that like that interaction wasn't worth it or, you know, like that interaction wasn't yeah. you know, valuable or. And I think it is. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's where I don't know like statistics, but I listen to a bunch of other podcasts and stuff and like chances are pretty good. Most people are never going to just walk into church. Mm-hmm. They're going to be introduced to Christ or introduced to somebody that knows Christ and is acting uh, being kind to people um I've been, I've been telling people love is making a comeback and love is yeah. you know giving out gas cards and stuff like that yeah can i steal that idea can i do that can i do i'll do that that, that i have um yeah there's this like um we can talk through yeah um like we use a chat bot like it works like it's pretty crazy like it's cool oh, um, i want to do that and it's mostly like i mean it helps me because um I can't just be stopping whatever I do throughout the day. So like once or twice a day, I stop and I go through all my messages and I, and I see what people request prayer for. And I send them one minute prayer requests and then, and then an invite to church. Like, Hey, we're having church this Sunday. I'd love to pray for you in person. Uh, Can you make it? That's it. That's the invite. I put that Um, in my notes. I want to try that. (laughs) And we've had, I mean, we've had like seven or eight people say like, Hey, I mean, we've been doing it for like a week and a half. Um, like we've had like seven or eight people say like hey we're coming but then haven't they didn't show up last week so it's like oh well, sure yeah <laughs> well okay well maybe they're not maybe they're not coming this maybe they'll come next week i don't know like it's one of those like the goal is like you know like hey we're telling we're we're praying for people people are coming i mean like um like we were talking about like we don't i don't want to be focused on the numbers i don't want to just be like oh man like you know so only so many people heard me preach this week or something like that but yeah at a certain point it's like if people don't show up we don't have a church so it's, yeah it's both and i think it's i think i think you're right i think it, it's both and i think it's i think people coming to church is important but i don't think it should be the defining factor of your success as a church yeah and i think that's where we've gotten stuck for generations is it's about you know thousand seat sanctuaries and you know churches that can you know seat you know churches that rent stadiums to have easter but what's happening monday through thursday or monday through saturday mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's just it's one of those like church planning is like one of the most effective ways of evangelism and part of the reason why is because you're uncomfortable, you know, right all the time. <laughs> and it's, uh, and I think our, our natural inclination as human beings is to get to a comfortable spot. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I'd much rather sit at home and watch football and, and <laughs> scroll through TikTok than go do church stuff and talk to people and like yeah. 
rent we were doing this thing like just to talk to people and not even to do anything we were doing a booth at up here in chino they do this uh like picnic in the park to support the like the 100 club type things for the uh, local area and just set up a booth and just have the the banner of the church behind it just talk to people not like doing anything uh just yeah. giving out cards to say hey come join us whatever and so many conversations just getting to know local people yeah because i think i think like twelve thousand people live in my town <laughs> yeah oh that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's little <laughs> Yeah, no, we surprisingly enough, I've lived in a smaller town. <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. The small town vibe is definitely different. Um, how do you, Things yeah, how, 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 how have you encountered, how have you dealt with that? Because especially like the things that work like in the city for ministry don't often work in so, rural. So my two... My two favorite things that I think were, were the most interesting that have nothing to do with ministry are everything closes at like five or seven. Yeah. <laughs> and the first, so I came up here one weekend. I was like, all right, I'm going to go eat lunch. I'm going to have lunch at a local place. And I was like, there's a bar across the street from the church and they're cash only. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't even have a checkbook. Like, how do I eat lunch? <laughs> and so I ended up going like, uh, sorry, my son's decided it's snack time and dragging a chair across the counter <laughs> or across the floor. Anyway, um, I had to go find an ATM just so I could eat lunch. It's yeah. so weird. Um, I don't know that I've seen anything that it affected ministry other like, because things that everything is slower. Like if we don't start on time, like it's not a huge deal. Like oh, yeah. versus like when we do church stuff in the Valley uh, or with bigger churches, it's like, everything's set to the time code and clock happens and like everything mm -hmm. changes by itself and it's like yeah whatever we'll start church in a couple of minutes yeah <laughs> yeah well uh i remember one time this is a little, little story time but one time we um we were before we moved to arizona we live we're in a little farming community i mean we were probably the biggest church in the area and we had like maybe 75 to 100 people on a sunday and uh one day <laughs> i'm not even kidding you this this like cowboy full-on dress with like chaps vest hat walks in <laughs> like reeking of alcohol <laughs> like in the middle of the that's service a, that's a good day <laughs> and then like walks up to the front sits down for like two minutes and then like stands up and hands the pastor a note in the middle of the sermon and oh yeah and he has spurs on and he turns around and walks out <laughs> that was <laughs> you do that in some churches today you'll get tackled because they think uh, you're trying to <laughs> oh yeah he had spurs so like every step was clink clink yeah clink. oh that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, I know. this was like 2016. Like this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> uh, hey, there are guys that ride their horses to work up here, so I, yeah, that's that's normal for me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, wait till there's a cattle run through the middle of town. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, I mean, I, I in a lot of ways, I think it's cool that you're you're taking on this challenge. Um, 
in some ways I'm some ways I'm jealous because you get to get out of the heat down here in the valley. Yeah, in other ways, seventy right now. (laughs) (laughs) In other ways, I don't know if I would wish that that job on my worst enemy because it's going to be difficult. Even even like helping other people plant churches, like this is I've done so restoration, and then I helped with two. Uh, church plants that were non-denominational in Virginia and just sitting here like my treasure is now like the person I talk to the most because it's like hey can we do this and it's just thinking through all the things you don't think about like who cleans the bathroom and who makes the coffee (laughs) like I do yeah (laughs) and I have this one lady and I imagine we all have have somebody like this but I have this one lady that every Sunday she asks me a question and it's a deep question. Like I have to go like look up stuff and read commentaries to answer these questions. But I had to sit down with her after like three weeks and I said, can you give me five minutes to like get off the stage and get off the platform and go talk to people for a minute before? Cause they'd be like, I don't even finish saying amen. And she's already asking me the question. <laughs> now I'm wondering what the question was. Oh, what did she ask me last week? Oh, I am, I'm very much a a pastor of grace versus law. And she was asking me uh, before I ended up doing like an actual sermon on it. She asked me the weekend before, I was like, well, what's the point in all these rules and things we're supposed to to follow? And why do we have all this old law and all of these things? And and I was just like, well, to be honest, you're gonna have to come back next week because that's what I'm talking about. Um, But then I was explaining to her yeah but she would come back anyway <laughs> but there are always things like that like oh, what is the point of whatever it was we were talking about like what's the deeper issue like and super awesome questions but it's just like yeah I need, you to, I need you to let me finish talking and and like sit down before <laughs> yeah it's but. funny um yeah especially with the church that size like I mean like as a pastor like shaking everybody's hand and like saying hi yeah isn't too much to ask (laughs) no it's not and i'm and i've had uh i expected it but i've had visitors every week since like week three and so i'm trying to get to to go talk to them and just say Mm. hi to them because we're we're super small so it's family service is the best way i can describe it we're all in there all together for the whole hour and so uh I like to go talk to the to the parents of kids and just comfort them. Like I didn't really notice your kid was, you know, drawing all over the back of the chair or whatever. <laughs> oh man, that that's the thing. It's like because um, we do church in our living room. Like my kids are the worst. Like they are literally the worst. <laughs> and that's I, the thing. I, I always tell people like they're like I don't know about bringing my kids. I'm like. Trust me, they can't be worse than my kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I love I think, your kids though. Your kids are awesome. No, my kids are my kids are awesome for the most part. I think part of it's just they're at their house. So oh, yeah. comfortable. And also well, think about as that. as my daughter tells me every like all the time, uh, God and Jesus is boring. <laughs> 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 well, uh, you know sometimes <laughs> uh and like it's kind of the point where like i'm not even like trying to get her like sit still and like be quiet like i just that 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 battle has been lost 
I'm just like Paisley, like my daughter's Paisley. Uh, uh, is like you, I just want you to not be a distraction. <laughs> like, like if you want to play with your toy, and like, fine. If you want to draw and color, fine. Um, but I don't need you to having a full on conversation with somebody next to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> During the worship service. Or walking up and kids. trying trying to play the piano at the same time your mom is playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that happen yet. I we give out um, what do they call them? Activity packs like they're just yeah. from the dollar store. Like they're literally like a puzzle or a coloring sheet, something. Um, and man, so kids are all coloring and talking to each other the whole time, and I think it's great, but. My three kids are like, "Give me that! Why did you take that away?" Like, <laughs> so, um, what, what, um, what, what ways do you see? Um, because, like you said, like the, you, you're kind of trying to find a uh, a united vision, um, kind of a maybe, maybe establishing like a, a mission statement and some values. Like, where do you so, see? Totally. How, how do you see that that uh, panning out for over the next couple months or maybe years um, of ministry up in in Chino Valley? Like, what, what does that look like to begin with that that step? Especially for people who are already established. I think for church planning, it's pretty easy because we kind of just went through and did all that, and then we just told people like, "Hey, here's the <laughs> here's the mission statement." Um, but sure. you want to get people to buy in, you know, who already exist there. So uh, currently there is nothing. Um, yeah. We've not had one for a while. Um, and this is going to be a later in the year episode, so I can share it now. And, and yeah. hopefully will have already happened. I have been super convicted on this idea of love is making a comeback. Uh-huh. But changing, like we always set through, like I love the, the whole steps, like what's the process. Mm-hmm. And we've always, we, I say we, because uh, I've been part of the, the institution of church, if you will, that has said, yeah. essentially, we've not necessarily said it out loud, but we assume that before anybody ever comes to church, they have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to teach them how to do it and then yeah. want them to go do it to somebody else. And I'm just like, there's something fundamentally not right about having to have it all figured out. Yeah. So the, the plan from like a pastoral perspective is uh, preaching. Like I spent this whole last six weeks on grace and everybody has a seat at the table and would the person who reeks of alcohol and is hung over on Sunday morning, be welcome on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the next, I think I laid out just because it's easier to plan it all at one time. I think the whole, all of the series from now going forward are, grace and how can you help the person next to you and what does being a true christ follower look like not what culture has said that Mm -hmm. you gotta figure it out like i hold up my bible all the time and i was like there's nothing in this book that tells somebody they need to come to church and there's certainly nothing in this book that says you gotta figure it all out before you know who jesus is yeah um that's awesome but i if you take the idea of i've been stuck on this idea of belong become and be loved and this is kind of where my mission statement steps are i want people in our community to belong to the church like belong Mm -hmm. to the body 
I don't care if you had a drink on Saturday or you're yeah. lit, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, you need to belong to a community of believers. Yeah. Then you can become made into the image of Christ because you need to be able to sit at the table before we can community together experience mm-hmm. what that is. And then ultimately, the important part, actually talking about fruit of the spirit this weekend, which is super exciting. Um, I want people to be loved. Like, this hour that we spend together on Sunday is great, but this is not enough. Like, how do we love each other and love community and take on each other's burdens and be a family church? Like not Mm. just 60 minutes on Sunday, but you know, at our local Mexican food place, can we have dinner? Can we talk to a waitress? Can we invite our friends to whatever? Yeah. Um, So that's kind of the next few months are uh, branding because um, I want people to know who we are because there is no branding. Yeah. Um, full disclosure, I, I still laugh. I've driven past this building for a decade and never knew it was a church. And the, <laughs> my church hasn't always been in this building, but there have been other churches in this building. I had no idea. Never knew it. Like, <laughs> it is, we hunt. Uh, my family does like our annual hunting trips are like an hour north of my church. Uh-huh. I've driven past this building for years, had no idea. It looks oh. like a warehouse. So yeah, like, I, think, first, I, think, first, I think I remember that from the website. First, I need like people to like know that we are a church and not just a big yeah. warehouse on the side of the building. Um, but just trying to change the the mentality, at least in my local community, that you don't have to have it figured out. But mm-hmm. and then turning around, like talking with my board and my leadership team and my treasurer, and being like, okay, if we're gonna go all in on this direction the resources that we've been blessed with also need to go in this direction. Like this is who we are. This is where we're going. And then thinking through, like, I think my biggest fear is confidence as a leader. Like Mm -hmm. I'm responsible. I hold, you know, God is ultimately in charge, but I hold myself personally responsible for the spiritual well-being of the people that he's entrusted me with, as I think we should, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, okay, are these the right decisions? Is this the right direction? Is this how we should spend money? Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. No, I mean, as a, as a recent, <laughs> as a recent um, lead pastor myself, I, I, I definitely have a lot of the same anxieties and hopes and yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome that you guys you, you kind of have a vision and you have a plan. And um, I, I, I love the idea of like, yeah, you know, we yeah, we meet here on Sundays for two hours. But, you know, what's what's going on the rest of the time and how yeah. can we use our our assets that we that we have as a church to, to bless others and um, think through that? Absolutely. So, well, um I think we're kind of getting towards the end. Um, want to be conscious of your time, uh, but also I just, uh, there's two questions I always try to end with. Um, kind of the idea of what do you see the church, whether that's the Nazarene or the church universal, uh, need to improve, especially when it comes to not attracting, but appealing to younger millennials, Gen Zers. Um, and what do you think we're doing well? What do you think we need to keep doing and, and kind of lean into? Sure. Uh, so the first one, I think the thing we can improve is 
the Bible doesn't say that is the best way I can think of to describe it is we've had uh, oral tradition, if you will, stick through this whole idea of these are the ways the church is, this is the way you have to be like, the joke at my church is that you have to wear a tie and be dressed up on Sunday. I've mm-hmm. not worn a tie yet. Um, expectations that there are things you have to do to be able to come to church. And I'm like, church is two people sitting in a living room or in a car or wherever. So yeah. I think getting back to what is Jesus actually saying? Like, what does the gospel say? I think we've added a lot of stuff and fluff and tried to modernize the text, if you will, but not in a good way to not offend people. I think the desire for truth is out there and the the millennials and the younger generation people that I talk to when I sit down and have honest, like scripturally based conversations with them, they're super open and they're awesome conversations. But when I get into the, this is the way church is supposed to be conversations, then they really don't want to talk to me. Um, I've also noticed just experiencing my last four churches that stuff like what you guys are doing meeting in a living room is way more practical than what i'm doing on a sunday morning like some of my wednesday night stuff in my living room is way way more church if you will Mm -hmm. than the corporate gathering on sunday morning uh so i think that's like is an organization and maybe as a, a global church is there a defined step of discipleship and understanding discipleship is following Christ, like being a student of Christ. I think we add too much into that, but it's like Jesus and what Jesus did, not what Jesus and. Mm-hmm. Um, things I think we're doing well. Uh, is it bad if I don't know? Because I think we can always do things better, but I, yeah. I get super grumpy about like, could we be better stewards of our money? Like, Mm -hmm. could we, could we like the amount of money probably given to the global church? Could we have solved world hunger already Mm -hmm. or, or the water problem in any country? Like not just the ones we always talk about. I'm just like, uh, I don't know that I have a lot of nice things to say about the global (laughs) church. And, and I, I say that there are wonderful people who love Jesus I just, I feel like sometimes we've lost the vision and the reason we were called to be a church <laughs> and yeah. called to be a people who follow Christ. Well, maybe um, what, gives, what gives you hope in like the church universal then? I mean, not necessarily the institution, but like where you see, um, you know, where you see people doing oh, it, getting it right, you know? I think, um, I can't think of the right word, which is weird because we're on a podcast. But I think we're we're going back to the roots, going back to like the church survived the first 360-ish years just on the fact that Jesus appeared to you know a few thousand people and that the tomb is empty. I yeah. think we're getting back to that. And that it's and those things excite me. Like we're getting back to this is the gospel. This is mm-hmm. what Jesus meant. This is what Paul said. And and not so much, this is the way we've always done it. That I'm excited about. I think we're starting to see that. I think as a, as a church as a whole, especially in uh, North America, Western churches, we're, we're starting to understand the, the lights and, and the, the, the show, if you will, isn't enough. And we're starting to get back to 
this is scripture this is jesus this is who we yeah. are like this is why we believe this that's exciting that gets me fired up like as yeah nerdy as i am i am like i'm a brand ambassador and a tech nerd and i love lights and sound i played drums my whole life the fact yeah. that i think we're getting back to the gospel as a church yeah. is amazing like i think that's great yeah that's awesome no i agree i think it's one of those things that um you know, being faithful to the, to the message is, is probably the best thing we can all do. Sure. And not stress out about, you know, you know, how many and I say, I, people hear I say you. That. Specific to my, to our denomination. I think uh, there's a lot of good things coming, like the support and help from a, a, a state level, if you will, that I didn't know existed has been fantastic. But I've, from what I've heard, these are new things like mentor mentoring for new pastors and rookie pastors that have no idea what we're doing. I generally have no idea what I'm doing, but I have experienced people who have been put in my life from a, a mm. state level, a district level to just ask questions and have lunch with and just share, you know, my raw emotions of, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, yeah you know, hey, my budget's really tight and I have people that I know I can say that to and I'm not going to be judged about whether or not I'm a good leader. It's a how do we address the problem? Yeah. Um, and training and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like I, all churches I think are great. I tell people all the time, if you're not going to go to my church, go to a church. Yeah. Um, uh, the essentials I think are what hold us together and I think we're getting back to some of that, which I think is cool. That's awesome. No, I agree. I think it's one of those things that, you know, like the, the best churches, I don't think are necessarily always the best preachers or the best leaders often are, I feel like are the people who are the churches that are the ones that feel called to represent the gospel the best and be honest and open to that. And yeah. Um, and the faith to be like, you know what, God's going to provide and, and that's Absolutely. okay. Um, well, man, I, I wish you all the luck um, in the world. I, I, I can't imagine all the things that you're going through, especially since you're kind of like, what, like slowly moving. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it worked out good for everybody. Um, yeah. I started I started two months ago. I'm a, so this is May. I'm moving officially Memorial Day weekend. Like right. I will not sleep in my old house and be able to sleep in yeah. my new house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome, Thank you. Thanks for having I, I, me on. I encourage you to get, you know, just get involved in the community. And um, here's, the, here's another thing. One of the things I really did enjoy about doing ministry in this small town is it's like, pretty easy just to get to know other pastors just to meet and oh, yeah. work, work with other pastors um it's ecumenical work is pretty easy and easy to do there um whereas <laughs> where we're at in the city like i literally can't there's like a, there's like two churches like within driving distance of me like like not even driving, like walking distance of me like i've reached out to either i've been ghosted and they, they won't even reply to me or sure. um you know i've said hey like i'd love to meet with you and ask you some questions and it's like all right i meet i can meet this day at this time and it's like 
well i can't and they're like okay sorry right. <laughs> you know so I've, I've experienced that like i have i've brought a couple of people who have who have graciously offered to come and just volunteer their time as as pastoral staff yeah and they're all like they're asking hey can we meet this week and i'm like yeah i got all the time in the world i'm you yeah. can't I, sundays between 10 and 12 i can't meet when do you want to meet? and they're like really <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah i got I'm yeah <laughs> when do you want to meet <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's i think it's um it's kind of fun to to be friends with the baptist pastor and the presbyterian pastor and Maybe even the Catholic priest sure. in town. Um, right? It's uh, I think that's great. I think yeah. that's good stuff that the church can do better. Like, we're all on the same team. Uh, yeah. Our details might be different, but the one thing we have in common is the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Um, thank you again uh, for your time. And uh, just want to thank everybody for joining us on the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I've been your guest host, Ryan, and we can't wait to have you join us next time. previous seasons, you have heard us promote our fellow millennial author, but on this season, we're promoting a different sort of millennial minister. Have you ever prayed about becoming a military chaplain? It's undeniable that God has called each and every one of us to use the talents, the gifts, and the abilities he's given us for his kingdom work. From being the chaplain of a ship, to a Coast Guard unit, to even a Marine Corps battalion, if you are hearing this and wondering if this might be for you, I encourage you to pray about it. Yes, it's a call to all-around fitness, mind, body, and spirit, and yes, it's quite possibly the most challenging thing that you'll ever do. But it's also the most rewarding ministry I can think of. The most powerful force in the world, the United States Navy, needs chaplains. And as a recent initiative has been established that's seeking to put a chaplain on every ship, there is quite possibly a need for you. Being able to serve both God and country has been one of the most incredible blessings of my life. Check out the Navy Career website on the specifics of chaplaincy requirements, and I would love to connect with you if it's something you might feel called to. Pray about it. Thank you for supporting your local millennial pastor. The Millennial Pastor Podcast was created and produced by Byron Certain and Josiah Jones. This season's guest host is Ryan Alba. Our editor is Caden Barksdale. And original music was done by Andrew Jones. This podcast is part of the Millennial Pastor Podcasting Network. For more podcasts like it, please visit themillennialpastor.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you can join us on the next episode of the Millennial Pastor Podcast.